On this episode of Monmouth Weekly, University President Patrick Leahy discusses the opening and start of the 2021-22 academic year with the latest on COVID, the latest on the campus, and some of the new faces you might see within the Monmouth community. Plus, the fall sports are up and going. We look at that and a whole lot more. Great to be back with you. I'm faculty member Matt Harmon. This is the latest edition of Monmouth Weekly, episode number 33. Thanks, as always, for listening. Well, it's the unofficial end of the summer season here at the Jersey Shore on the precipice of what looks to be a beautiful Labor Day weekend here uh, in between Monmouth and Ocean County. Great to be back with you. So much to talk about after taking a summer break. It is Monmouth Weekly, episode number 33, returning here to the airwaves and giving you everything up to date as it involves Monmouth University. I'm faculty member Matt Harmon. Again, great to be back with you. Really looking forward to spending some time with University President Patrick Leahy. It's just the two of us today. After taking a couple of months off, we've got a lot to talk about with the start of the fall semester now just a couple of days away, the traditional Tuesday after Labor Day start. President Leahy, I wish you a very good morning. Um, I know it's been a busy summer for you. So much going on. You know, the, I think everyone assumes oh, the university is quiet during the summer, but probably more so this year than any other. It's been as busy as it's ever been, maybe not with a ton of students in and out and all the camps that are necessarily there, um, but so much planning as we still are in the throes of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, good morning, Matt. Good to see you. I'm so glad that we're back at it again after our summer hiatus. Um there are a lot of people that still ask me, oh, you work in education? Um, do, you, uh, do you work in the summer? <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I inform them that, of course, uh, the, you know, the, the administration's working all year. And in fact, the summer is often, in many respects, the busiest time because that's when we can get capital projects done and other kind of planning done. And of course, fundraising never ceases. So um, I had a busy uh, summer uh, at Monmouth University. I hope we can talk about some of the things that uh, we were able to accomplish this summer. But as you point out, in addition to the normal activities, lots of planning around uh, the fall semester, especially still in the midst of this uh, global pandemic. Well, you, you think of it and, you know, as, as a faculty member getting the emails, here's the plan, here's what's going on. Um, I think the university has done a very good job of keeping people kind of up to date with the expectations, what it's going to be like on, on campus. And, and listen, I think everyone would have loved to have said, ah, we're not going to have to worry about wearing the mask. Everything's kind of back to normal. Even as recently as when you and I recorded our last podcast, which, which was right at the end of June, beginning of July, I think there was still hope that things were going to go in a positive direction. Unfortunately, with the Delta variant and all the different parts of COVID with everything going on, um, we're, we're, we're still kind of stuck, I guess is the best way of saying it, right? In, in, yeah. in a very layman, simplistic way. Yeah, I mean, we, we so desperately wanted COVID to be in the rearview mirror. I mean, we got to May and we had our spring commencements and we were reporting on our dashboard zero cases week after week after week. 
and we just thought, you know, this is, this is what we want to, this is where we want to be as we get into the summer and get prepared for the fall. And then that Delta variant, um, started, um, uh, you know, circling the, 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 you know, the, the world, frankly, and, and it showed up here in Monmouth County and, you know, given our unique location at the shore where we invite lots of visitors to our, our, uh, you know, great piece of uh, heaven here. Uh, we, you know, no doubt had uh, a spiking in COVID cases in our area. Fortunately, it hasn't affected our Monmouth University community directly very much, Matt. I mean, we were only re reporting, I think, today three cases in the Monmouth University community. But um, it has forced us uh, to uh, realize that harsh reality that the pandemic is not, in fact, behind us. We're still very much dealing with it. And so it has prompted um, healthcare protocols that we had to put in place that we were hoping we wouldn't have to. A lot of those protocols carrying over, right, from last spring to this fall, meaning in the classroom, have to wear a mask. When you're inside buildings, have to wear a mask. I think I'm, I'm getting the, the latest, right? Those are kind of the, the most up-to-date. Again, I don't think we need to talk about every single protocol here on the podcast, but the main ones, and, and clearly one of the main ones that people want to know about is, do I have to wear a mask when I'm on campus? Yeah, and the answer is yes, for now. Yes, everywhere indoors, whether you are vaccinated or not. And this is a this is a, a precaution based on prevailing public health recommendations from the Monmouth County uh, Public Health Department, as well as the state of New Jersey um, CDC recommendations. So like like we've done from the beginning, we're trying to get the good counsel of our local public health officials, and they're recommending that we stay masked up, at least for the time being. There's good news underlying this, though, Matt, and that is that um, when we went ahead and put our vaccination policy in place, which basically said that we are mandating the vaccine for all members of our campus community, we were not going to treat the faculty and staff separate from the students. We just didn't think that that was fair. So we put a mandate in place for all of our campus community. And then, of course, allowed for those acceptable exemptions um, for religious, medical, and then we had the emergency use authorization, call it a temporary exemption, if you will. And I'm really pleased that our vaccination levels are, are really high. I mean, uh, in the mid nineties for faculty and staff in the, in the mid eighties for our student body as a whole. So underlying these masking protocols that we have to put in place is a really, really strong level of vaccination among the Monmouth University community. And that gives me great comfort as we go into the into the fall semester. We'll look at it regularly because I, I know that I don't want to stay masked up any more than anybody else does. Uh, but uh, we'll look at it daily as we've been doing all along and make adjustments uh, when we think it's safe to do so. But um, I've gone ahead and had uh, all of my meetings in person and trying to have as many gatherings in person as possible and just staying masked up uh, for the time being during those meetings. And a, and a little bit different, right, than last year, even from the fall of 2020 to the spring of 2021 and now the fall of 2021. 
if I'm on campus, when I say I, meaning the general public walking around, let's say I'm going from building to building, uh, I'm at an athletic event, I happen to park my car and I'm walking to the Plangier Center. If I'm outside, I do not have to have a mask. Is that correct? That's right. Based again right now on on the best advice we're getting, no masking outdoors, no, no limitation on events outdoors either right now. So um, the simple way to think of this is just as you articulated, Matt, indoors, stay masked up for the time being, irrespective of whether you're vaccinated or not, what you're doing. Of course, we're going to be reasonable with eating and drinking. Yes, we're going to leave the dining halls open. You don't have to, you know, eat between your mask when, <laughs> when you're in the dining hall or what have you. But indoors, masked up, outdoors, uh, no mask necessary. Uh, so we think that that will serve us well, at least for the, you know, the next six, six or eight weeks. You know, when it gets colder, we're going to have to uh, think through um a lot of that outdoor activity that we can do uh, here in the early part of the fall will get increasingly difficult later in the fall. But um, indoors, masked up, outdoors, no masks required. couple more. I don't want to spend the entire, we usually do about a half an hour on COVID, but um, clearly it's on the, on the minds of so many as we go back to school. You mentioned the mandate of getting people vaccinated, faculty, staff, administration, students, um, whoever that might be, with the exceptions. I guess my, my question would be, how does one deal with any of those faculty, staff, students that are exempted? Is that the idea of making sure that people still have the mask on? Because, listen, it, I'm vaccinated. I have no problem saying that. But if I wasn't, it's not as if I'm walking into a classroom with my hand up or you know, a V, a v on my forehead that says I'm vaccinated or not. We're not asking people if they're vaccinated, but that's the idea of wearing the mask still inside. Yeah, and in a way, because we're requiring everyone to mask up, there, there's a there's a sort of an equity to that. You know, everybody has to stay masked up right now. When we remove the mask mandate for vaccinated people, we will in fact require unvaccinated people to stay masked up. Uh, unvaccinated uh, members of our community also have to be subject to surveillance testing. Uh, on a regular basis. Those are protocols that if we're granting you a vaccination exemption, you have to represent that you will comply with those added healthcare uh, or healthcare protocols that are not uh, necessary for vaccinated people, if that, if that makes sense. So in that case, it's wearing masks even longer than um, the, uh, the mask mandate for everyone right now also being subject to surveillance testing. I, I do want to make one thing clear, though, Matt, and, and, and I, I want to make sure our community hears this from me, that we put this, this vaccine mandate uh, policy in place. As I mentioned, I'm very happy with the, the high levels of vaccination that we have. But the members who are unvaccinated, have those who have filed for officially for the exemption and have been granted it, and are wearing the masks and wearing them properly and are um, complying with the surveillance testing protocol that's in place. As far as I'm concerned, they are fully compliant with our healthcare protocols for this fall. Um, and I want to make sure that there's no sort of, uh, you know, you know, uh, 
uh, difference of opinion among the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. We have the policy in place as long as the unvaccinated have followed those those policies. I consider them fully compliant as well and should be uh, included uh, fully as full members of our community, whether that's a faculty or staff member or, or a student. The key will be making sure the compliance for those additional healthcare protocols, but as long as they do, um, every you know they are in full compliance with our restart strategy here in the fall. Let's finish with this one, and I know it, it was a good chunk of your academic year last year. Um, how busy has the summer been for yourself, the administration, in terms of addressing whether it's parents of students' needs or the actual students' needs, and and maybe in a in a word or two what they're most concerned about coming back to campus? Well, you, you hear a lot and you hear a lot of differing opinions about, you know, you need to ensure everyone's vaccinated to um, the other side of the equation is, you know, uh, how dare you demand I be vaccinated. So I, I appreciate that there's a wide variety of opinions on this. Can't imagine the number of uh, messages that we have um, tried to uh respond to over the course of the summer. Uh, people want to be heard in our community and they deserve to be heard. Um, they've earned the right to be heard. And if they reach out to us, we'll respond to them and just try our best to articulate more fully the rationale behind our, our policies. And um, in most cases, when we're able to do that, uh, there's, it creates greater understanding of, among the community. So um, my hat is off to the uh, folks in our student life area and uh, Marianne Nagy in particular and Kathy Maloney, our director of our health services, who have borne the brunt of, you know, most of those inquiries to try to get greater understanding around our healthcare protocols. But having said, and that will continue, <laughs> but having said all that, um, I am very positive about uh, where we are on the eve of our uh, new year. This is sort of like uh, New Year's Eve here today, the Friday before Labor Day, when you start on the Tuesday after Labor Day. So uh, I feel very positive on this New Year's Eve. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. I've never put New Year's Eve together with Labor Day, but I like that we just, we just were able to put that connection together. So many people try and hold on to summer as much as they can. Nobody wants to think about any date in December, but somehow you've put the, you've put the two together. Well, I said this yesterday to the campus community that, you know, I, I started my open call with Happy New Year. I, I think some people were wondering what I was talking about. And I said, you know, for those of us who work in the academy and, you know, get used to these cycles that we're involved in, you know, the beginning of the traditional academic year is really, to me, as big a change in the year as turning the calendar from December 31st to January 1st. So uh, in some respects, I feel like this is the dawn of a new year, uh, which is actually, uh, I was reflecting on this, my 10th year as a university president. So um, I guess a little bit of a milestone year for me too. Fortunate to have you be as part of the Monmouth Community University President Patrick Leahy, faculty member Matt Harmon. It's our 33rd episode of Monmouth Weekly. After taking a little bit of a break during the course of the summer months, 
Um, President Leahy, let's switch off of, of the COVID stuff. You mentioned capital projects. Obviously, there's new staff that start um, at the beginning of an academic year. And, and, and maybe one of the biggest of those is someone that we did mention, and that's a brand new provost, which I know you're extremely excited about. And I hope that we could have uh, Dr. Pamela Scott Johnson on one of our calls, uh, Matt, maybe, maybe the next one or, or the one after that. She joined uh, our campus community this summer. It is the first time, I believe, in the history of our university where we have gone out and recruited into Monmouth a senior vice president and provost. Uh, you might recall that when I started here at Monmouth, I immediately elevated the position of the provost uh, to that senior vice president position. And I felt it was important at an academic institution that it is abundantly clear that the number two person on the org chart is in fact the uh, provost and the chief academic officer. I, I often joke uh, the number two person on the org chart, but maybe the most important person at a university in some respects, because the heart of what we do is, is in the classroom. And as our chief academic officer, she has responsibility for that. So. Pamela Scott Johnson joined us. Um, she's off and running. I'm so uh, proud to have her here as our provost. I think she's going to do, um, you know, remarkable things uh, here at Monmouth, uh, collaborating with our our faculty to uh, to advance, you know, the heart of the matter, which is our uh, academic enterprise. You know, you think of it, and and I th I think when we took our break. Um, was right around the time some of those moves were announced. Maybe, and I would love to have her come on, and I think we actually have it scheduled coming up over the course of our next couple of podcasts that we have set. What, what was it about uh, Pamela Scott Johnson that, that attracted you to her? And then in turn, what attracted her to the university? Because that has to be a two-way street. Well, we went out and conducted a bona fide national search. And if you needed any evidence of that, um, it is... In that, in that we brought someone from Los Angeles to West Long Branch. <laughs> so Pam, Pam uh, you know, moved across the country this summer from the furthest reaches of our, of our nation. So hence a bona fide national search. But I was just so impressed, as I know so many others around campus were, with her mix of credentials. I mean, she has sterling academic credentials. Uh, Matt, uh, an undergraduate degree from Spelman College, which is one of the great liberal art colleges in the country, and master's and doctoral degrees from an institution maybe you've heard of, Princeton. Uh, so sterling academic credentials. And then she has had herself uh, a sterling career as uh, an academic, as a teacher and a researcher. Um, she uh, uh, is a member of the board of the American Psychological Association, which in that field is a, is a uh, big time position. Um, so she is herself uh, a serious academic. But then in later years, she's got a ton of experience as an administrator, uh, serving as a dean at two different uh, institutions. In fact, the, she was the dean of a, of a school uh, at her uh, previous institution which serve more students than Monmouth University does as a university. So um, she has that uh, unique mix of sterling academic credentials, great academic uh, pedigree and um, strong administrative experience. And she's, a, 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 you know, folks are finding out 
she's a ton of fun to be around. So you put all that together, I think it bodes really well for um, her future here at Monmouth. I'd be anxious to have you ask her what was it about Monmouth that attracted her? Because I do think you're right. You know, and, and anytime you, you make a key hiring decision, you hope it's it's uh, mutual. I mean, you're interviewing that candidate and that candidate's interviewing you at the same time. And in this case, it, it came together in the, in the hiring of Pam. I think very unique, in fact, that you mentioned coming from California, but has connections to New Jersey with her um, post-bachelor's degrees, both at Princeton. So looking forward to having her on in a future podcast. If I said to you, President Leahy, what else is going on on campus? Very broad question, and you could probably take it in a ton of different directions, but what else has been happening during the course of the summer? Yeah, one one quick thing I'll say about Pam. We, we have uh, vetted her um, uh, devotion to Bruce Springsteen, so I think we're covered there as well. Well, I was gonna, I was going to say too, just to add, also make sure that she's sitting on the right side of the stadium uh, when Princeton comes and visits Monmouth in October in a football game as well. Black and, black and orange doesn't mix well with blue and white. Let, I hope I better, she. I, I better talk with her privately about making sure she uh, demonstrates her proper allegiance uh, that day, but. You know, there's a couple other things, you know, one other key hire this this summer. And I think we've mentioned this at a previous podcast, but Raj uh, Devasagayam, Dr. Raj Devasagayam has started uh, this summer also as the new dean of our Leon Hess Business School. And uh, he similarly comes with uh, a great mix of administrative and, and academic experience. And uh, we're really thrilled to have Raj part of our, you know, our senior administrative team. You know, I said this uh, again to the campus community that this fall, you know, with the uh, sort of reorganization uh, at this point complete, I, I always say that the senior administrative reorganization will continue sort of ad infinitum, frankly, when I'm uh, the president, because, you know, things are you're always trying to uh, tweak your senior administrative team to make sure that it is uh, best positioned to lead the university. But you know, there's a major change last year with the retirement of a few people. So um, the, uh, the, the, the latest reorganization is complete with the hiring of, of Pamela Scott Johnson and with the uh, hiring of Raj and with the appointment of Jeff Stapleton and the appointment of Bill Seamer, who also started this summer. He's our new executive director for campus planning and facilities. We welcome him to, to Monmouth. Uh, this this summer, um, this fall, we we uh, start the academic year with two fewer vice presidents than we did last year. Uh, I think two fewer associate vice presidents than we did last year, and I think four fewer vice provosts than we did at least two years ago. And uh, you know, I hope that's evidence that you know we're trying to make sure that you know our senior administrative team you know, is, you know, as lean as possible and as nimble as possible so that, uh, um, you know, we have uh, resources, you know, dedicated to the right places. So I'm really proud of where we are as we get into the uh, the fall semester. I, I, I was going to say, and, and as you were saying, lean and nimble, I also thought of a word and that might provide an opportunity for some of the senior administrative people 
to be maybe even more hands-on, right? Isn't that a way for them to make sure that they're connecting back with the campus a little bit more? Yeah, to, to be honest, when I started at Monmouth, I thought that we just had, you know, a whole bunch of uh, administrators and uh, I welcome what they do. They're all themselves dedicated to our students. But I just felt that there was, uh, you know, an, uh, an infrastructure that was not necessary. And uh, it showed up in decision making and it showed up on getting decisions to people and um, so I just wanted to thin, you know, uh, uh, streamline it a little bit. Maybe is the is the best uh, the best term. I mean, I still have a lot of direct reports, ten direct reports, and that's a lot. Um, it's a measure of how I'm trying to keep the the senior administrative organization as flat as possible, so that I can stay involved in the different component uh, components of the university. Um, but that's more than I had at a previous place where I only had six. So, uh, we'll, that's why I say we'll keep looking at, you know, over time, you know, how we continue to tweak the senior administrative team. But yeah, the idea is to, is to, is to get, uh, the senior leaders directly involved in, in, you know, in the work of the university and to make decision-making, um, uh, you know, a, a much more, a much quicker process and no less collaborative, just uh, quicker because, uh, you know, it's a competitive environment out there and we need to be able to, to move where necessary. You mentioned capital improvements usually take place during the course of the summer months, President Leahy. If, if someone was walking back onto campus, having not been there for a couple months during the course of the summer, would they notice anything different or is it more long-term things as, the, the strategic plan and the long-term plan kind of come together? Well, they would, they will notice a few things. I, I wanted to get most of this completed by the beginning of the fall semester, but as you know, there's so many delays in getting access to materials and, and access to, to furniture and the like. So there's been a few delays, but all of this will happen this fall. One, we had made investments in our uh, first year residence halls. Those will be, complete um, this this semester uh, this uh, weekend as students move in so I'm really pleased about enhancing the experience of our first year students the great hall uh, I'll call um, you know the the what did someone say the activation of the great hall which is you know turning that marquee building on campus into much more of a gathering space that continues uh, we'll be opening up our new cafe on the first floor here in the next uh, couple weeks. Um, the, the furniture that we've ordered to outfit that as a gathering space for students and faculty alike, um, there's been a little bit of delay on that. So that will be coming in uh, during the course of the fall semester. You go over to our graduate center and our occupational therapy uh, labs, the, the labs for our new occupational therapy doctoral program. Those are uh, finished right now and are serving um, our first cohort of um, OTD students right now. Um, you Something that you might appreciate in particular, Matt, is that uh, we have through the generosity of the Parton family, we have a, a significant gift to build out the Parton Broadcast Center right there on the on sort of the second floor of the Ocean First Bank Center. Uh, overlooking the uh, the basketball court, and that's going to be a major enhancement to 
um, our ability to, to uh, broadcast uh, all of our games. And uh, that will be happening and we finish this, this fall. So some small, uh, nonetheless uh, high value, but smaller projects will be done this fall and you will notice them um, when you're in and around campus. And then the planning for the bigger issues uh, also began in earnest this summer. So more on those as they develop. Spend the last couple minutes uh, with an athletic update. I think people always, uh, some people know and, and others probably kind of forget there have been students, student athletes on campus for the last couple of weeks with preseason camps and now uh, fall sports up and running. I myself getting ready to take a flight later today for football's first game, uh, their FBS game down at Middle Tennessee State that will take place tomorrow night. You can listen to that game at monmouthhawks.com. And I also saw something pretty unique, the women's soccer team, which is off to another great start. They were supposed to play Rutgers, but because of the flooding situation that took place in that area of the state, that game is now going to be played um, in at Monmouth, uh, I think this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. How exciting to be able to bring Rutgers uh, to uh, Hess Field for that game. So really, really pleased about that. I'm sorry to hear about the the flooding, and I hope everything, uh, you know, dries up quickly there, but really proud of our women's soccer team. You know, we started the, the year, they played four games already, and they're 4-0. And those games were against Lehigh, NJIT, Delaware, and Bucknell. And uh, if you can play, draw those really fine uh academic and athletic programs, draw those uh, teams and then uh, come out on top. I mean, that's just such a, should be such a source of pride for us here at Monmouth. And then to be able to play Rutgers, I, I understand that uh, we're not going to be uh, in, uh, at full strength uh, against Rutgers, but uh, what, a, what a great opportunity for us to play um, Rutgers uh, today. So really proud of them and all of our other student athletes, you know, I know you're, as you pointed out, you're headed down to Tennessee. That's another really unique opportunity for us, for folks who don't follow it that closely. You know, we, we, we all play Division I football, but, you know, there's 120 or so or uh, schools that play FBS level, um, football bowl subdivision level, and they're the ones, you know, like uh, Rutgers and Alabama, et cetera. We play at the FCS level against, you know, the, the other fine schools uh, in the Patriot League, the Ivy League, et cetera. And every once in a while, an FCS school gets a chance to, to, uh, to compete against an FBS school. And uh, that's what we have tomorrow. Uh, right, Matt? So it's a big opportunity for us to show people at that FBS level what uh, Monmouth is made of. And uh, I, for one, can't wait to see uh, how we fare against a really good Middle Tennessee State team. Yeah, football nationally ranked in the FCS poll going into the year after winning the Big South a season ago uh, and losing in the opening round to the eventual national champ, Sam Houston State. Field hockey, I know, has a game this afternoon up in Fairfield. Cross country gets up and going this weekend. Men's soccer plays this weekend uh, against St. Francis, Brooklyn, um, and football as well. It, it, it's always exciting, right, when you think about just – everybody getting back to campus. And, and hopefully this is a year, unlike 2020, where 
the other students on campus can go and support their classmates and be part of all the excitement that goes around athletic events. Yeah, we haven't, we weren't able to open like this last fall. So um, this is mimicking more our, my first year here, the fall of 2019. And it is so exciting um, to be welcoming students back to campus in this way, even if we have these, you know, added protocols that we need to, to, to keep in place. But I said, you know, this is the idea around new year, you know, I just said that if you work in the academy, um, you have to get uh, excited about this time of year, because, you know, as nice as it is to, to have that, you know, little bit of a break in the summer, um, we have to bring the energy and the enthusiasm when our students return. And for, for I think mo all of us who are involved in education and particular higher education, it's just a time of year that should uh, remind us why we're in this line of work and uh, should just energize us. And I'm just so glad that we're able this fall to bring students back and, uh, and to restore that energy and that vitality to campus. I mean, that, that's why campuses were designed for energy and enthusiasm and vitality and that, and that collaboration and the opportunity to develop those relationships that last a lifetime. Uh, I'm looking forward to that this fall is uh, restoring that energy to, to campus. I think that you actually kind of stole my thunder. I was going to finish with how do you envision the semester looking like and what's your expectation? You, you kind of said it there. I mean, the, the Mammoth campus, having been part of it, quite honestly, for, for so long, going back to 1993 and been there one way or the other, the campus is at its best, and I think you got a, a taste of this in 2019. The campus is at its best when it's busy, when there's activities, when students are all over the place, when uh, athletic events are going on, when student groups are doing their thing and, and, and trying to connect with the other students on campus. That's when Monmouth is at its best, and I'm sure that's, that's true, right, a anywhere across the country. All the university presidents that you've probably talked to everyone is struggling with how do we get things back to normal so that to your point, a college campus is supposed to be vibrant and alive, not people scared to talk to each other and looking and going in another direction. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of the way over the last year and a half that we've adjusted and continue to serve students uh, as well as we have, you know, our, our, I didn't get a chance to mention this, but you know, our, our uh, six-year graduation rates at an all-time high. Our first-year retention rate this fall is close to an all-time high. And that's because uh, the campus community rallied around uh, our students and supported them and uh, aided them and continued to serve them so well during the course of this pandemic. It'll just be nice to be able to serve them well in the more traditional way this fall. And uh, uh, I, for one, um, am, am looking forward to it. I do think as we started this podcast, we're going to monitor very, very closely, you know, this continuing uh, public health challenge. And uh, if we have to make adjustments along the way, we will. But I'm just so pleased that uh, as of now, we have a record number of students, frankly, coming 
coming to live with us this year or close to a record number of students coming to live with us. And, um, you know, all of our academic programming pretty much is going to be in person. And uh, I just uh, am so glad that we're going to be able to uh, just kick off the academic year in that fashion. Totally agree. Good to be back up and talking about the start of the semester, which comes up on Tuesday. University President Patrick Leahy and I will continue to do Monmouth Weekly uh, during the course of the fall semester. If you've got any comments, thoughts, or anything that you want to hear about, please feel free to reach out to either one of us. We'll invite some guests on coming up in the near future as well. President Leahy, it was great to see you, talk to you, and um, look forward to getting our podcast series back up and going after a couple of months off. Enjoy the last weekend unofficially of the summer, though you'll come to learn pretty quick. September is what we call local summer around here. It's usually the best time of the month. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, uh, happy Labor Day uh, to you, Matt. Safe travels down to to Tennessee. I'll be listening very closely to the uh, broadcast uh, tomorrow. And um, I don't know if we will get our next podcast in before September 11th. So I guess I just want to sign off with, um, you know, remembering this really solemn anniversary uh, this year um, on September 11th. And uh, in particular, I know how this community was directly, and we were all directly affected by it, but this community in particular. So we'll be thinking of, uh, of uh, all of our men and women in uniform uh, during September 11th, and maybe when we're next together, we can um, we can remember uh, them as well. Mammoth has always done such a great job remembering 9/11, and uh, beautifully said, great words, President Leahy. 20 years seems like yesterday for so many. Um, that will take place on a Saturday, 9/11 this year, and I'm sure the university will do a great job remembering as they always do. We'll be back. Again, over the course of the next week or so for University President Patrick Leahy, all involved with our Monmouth Weekly podcast, faculty member Matt Harmon saying so long. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon.